not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The commander! <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey guys, welcome back to another exciting episode of Fanhole's Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your Gundam enthusiasts talking about Gundam build fighters tonight. And joining me are two of my partners in crime. Why don't you guys give a shout out? Hey, it's Mike. Turn bright red, Exia. Hey guys, this is Tony and podcast is serious business. Serious, serious business. Serious. All right, so we open with Majin Kawaguchi and Alan Adams, and they are discussing Reiji and Sai's great victory, and they're also talking about their time spent at the Gunpla Academy. I'm just going to be a little honest up front to the listeners. I don't think this was one of my favorite episodes, because I think it suffers from 90s syndrome, but... We'll, we'll get into that in a few seconds. But basically, like, their opponent is going to be some old dude who we've never seen before now. And apparently he fought against the second Majin, and his name is John Ayers McKenzie. So we've already got this guy who we've never seen before that somehow made it to the finals, which is kind of, I don't know, to me it's kind of annoying. Was that annoying to you guys, or did you not care at this point? Uh, like, it was, it didn't annoy me as much as, like, it would have just been nice, like, you know, five or so episodes ago to be just like, you know, oh, and John Ayers McKenzie advances to the final round. Just, you know, like a name drop. Yeah, just a little name thing. Yeah, Yeah, something like that. Like, I I got over it pretty fast, but yeah, it would have been nice if he was established before. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just, it kind of. I felt like, hey, who the fuck is this? Like, it's like we're 22 episodes in and you're introducing a new character. It seems kind of weird. But, you know, Mr. Rawl tries to, again, legitimize the character by being like, hey, McKenzie, congratulations, bro. And then he gets a freaking heart attack or something and collapses and they take him to the hospital. And that's basically how the, the episode opens and everything. And then we cut to Miss Rinko Lori and China Kosaka. And I think we're going to get in trouble in a few minutes, so be good, Tony. 
But they deliver Sai and Reiji some homemade lunches, and they are shocked and appalled to find that a freshly showered Isla is in a towel, no less, and she's actually staying with Sai and Reiji in their little hostel room, and they're kind of like, what is going on here? Well, well, to be fair, I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be bad. I'm actually going to make a good point. If you came in and, like, your 13-year-old boy was living in a, you know, hotel room and a naked girl comes out of the shower, you'd be a little bit like, what the fuck yourself? So, you well, know? but she, she's not naked. She's she's in a towel. Like, but she's but, in a towel still. It, it but is still, a, yeah, yeah, I understand. Like, they're basically like, there's not going to be any funny business here. And, and they're, it basically leads to all kinds of hilarity and comedy basically ensues. Classic, like. Yeah, classic like sitcom esque uh, shenanigans. You know, yeah. like basically that. You know, even even <laughs> yeah, Miss Wrinkle Laurie is basically like, and 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 Sai, aren't you going out with China now? And they both start blushing and everything. And you know, there's all this kind of crazy nonsense that's going on, and there's all kinds of bickering and everything. But meanwhile, of course, Reiji is oblivious because he's sleeping through the whole thing. Yeah. And it's his fault too. So <laughs> yeah, which which makes it doubly amusing. So there there is some discussion over where Isla's actually going to stay, and uh, it kind of results in th- this. Is I thought was an interesting concept too, because it kind of results in everyone laughing at Ragey because Ragey's like, "Well, hey, I'm a prince from Arian." And and they're all like, yeah, sure you are. You're a prince. You're from this other country or somewhere else. And they all kind of laugh them off. And I thought that was kind of interesting because we now, as the audience, kind of know that that's he's telling the truth. Like that's legitimate from my, from my perspective. It is, but they all still kind of think he's just some kid making up like cosplay stories or something. Like I, I guess that's how they they rationalize it. I don't know. Like what was your guys' take on that scene? They they just think he's like you know a homeless kid who's probably made up this story so he doesn't feel bad about himself you know okay okay what, what about you what about you Mike how would you sort of react to I that don't know. like by this point it didn't seem like they put a lot of like questions or thoughts into it like to begin with so like I, I don't know I just kind of waved it off like okay. kind of like you know like Ragey's like you know like. Uh, Say's mom pretty much let this like kid they just met live with them pretty much. So like by that point, I was like, okay, well if that's true, then you know any anything goes. A- anything can go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they weren't like you know they weren't like you know ragey. You're full of shit. You know, fuck off. They were just more like you know, oh that's our ragey. Well, yeah. Th- th- I guess maybe maybe I I overspoke, but but it's kind of like they they were just humoring him this entire time. These these last twenty two episodes, they were. They were just humoring the boy, you know, like, oh, yeah, sure, sure, you're a prince. Sure, you're a prince. I believe you. You know, like that, that seemed like the attitude, uh, you know, that was ultimately revealed. And I was like, wow, that that is, I mean, it's not, it's not like they were mean to him, but I'm like, that, that is kind of a little condescending, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, sure, sure, buddy, sure you are. Wait, not, yeah, not... you're, you're a good prince. But on the flip <laughs> side, you know, if like you're, like, if you had a friend who came up to you one day and was like, by the way, I'm the prince of a you know large country and stuff. You'd be like, uh huh, okay. I'm, <laughs> you know? I'm the prince of made up a stand. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think you are the prince of made up a stand, Mike. I believe you. Uh, 
I, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I think in a, I think the, the subtitles just translated is uh, Ragey calling uh, says mom just says mom, but like he says mom he calls her Mama San. Like, yeah, I yeah, yeah. That was kind of funny. Come on, like Mama San, like. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is kind of funny. So, so uh, even though there's some debate over over where Isla's going to end up staying, ultimately. Both girls are going off with Miss Rinko Lori, and they're going to stay with her at the inn for the time being. And then we cut to uh, Niels Nielsen, and he's coming over to Sai and Reiji's for a favor. And he wants Reiji to lend him the cause of that phenomenon that we all witnessed last episode that was called the light of the heart, you know, or as Tony likes to say... The heart of the cards. <laughs> yeah, so he, he basically, Niels Nielsen is like, I must know, like, what is the heart of the cards and everything. And Reggie's kind of like, yeah, sure, you can borrow this, no worries. And it, I guess the, the idea is that they he suspects it has something to do with the Plosky particles, but he doesn't he doesn't know 100% for sure, so he's got to study it, you know, and that's, that's what's going on there. Yeah, I think it is kind of interesting how... Uh... You know, a, a lot of Gundam shows that have like you know the the team aspect, like uh, like G Gundam and uh, Wing Gundam, they, they tend to be kind of friends first, and then like you know they'll battle later on. But this is actually more like Dragon Ball because like you know now they've beaten like you know Meals and now he's their buddy now, you know, and they're all cool and everything. It's just like kind of yeah, all all the kind of Yamchas and Tenshinhans and Piccolos, you know, that all kind of end up becoming part of the the Z team or whatever, you know. <laughs> so they all become part of the Gunplow Little Rascals team or whatever. Earth so, yeah. Special Forces, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Junior Justice League. Yes, yes, <laughs> with 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 Batman Nielsen, you know. Like, yeah, so. but of course Niels wants to uncover what's going on with Major Kawaguchi, so he can't really blame the guy. So yeah, yeah. So then we cut to uh, another new character, which, as you can tell, I kind of already established, I, I'm not quite feeling this episode. So this other new guy, this other new 90s guy, appears out of nowhere. His name is Julian. Julian is also a Mackenzie. He is the other character's grandson. And so he arrives at the hospital only to find his grandfather bedridden. And Mr. Rawl is, of course at his side because he's the one who brought him to the hospital in the first place. And he basically makes this desperate plea, like, this is gunpla, this is serious business. My last wish, Julian, is for you to fight in the match in my place. And, you know, it turns out, I guess, Julian had quit doing gunpla battle a long time ago, but he, he basically he feels like he's he's forced to to get back into it because of a deathbed uh, a deathbed wish from from his grandfather but basically what what ends up happening guys well grandfather's uh, a he's a big fat phony <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's, he's a big old liar <laughs> what a colossal douchebag like seriously man i was like what you can't be serious dude like, gun gunpla gunpla apparently is, is serious enough business that you can you can play with the emotions of your grandchildren and make them think you're on your deathbed like i guess that's how serious gunpla is it made me feel bad too because like i know you grew you like me derek you grew up in the 80s you know 
and it really had that kind of 80s like action movie vibe where it's like you know like or or like you know uplifting story thing like rocky you know it's like you know you gotta go beat him for me you know win one for the gipper (laughs) yeah and then and then i guess basically it turns out it's not really all super serious deathbed stuff and this mckenzie guy just basically tricks his grandson into taking his place because we can clearly see like you know mr rawl and even the doctor are having this conversation with him and going well you know your your condition's not you kind of fibbed a little bit didn't you and he's like oh it's okay it's okay like, yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, it turned from, you have an operable cancer to, you have a really bad hangnail. You know? Yeah, yeah, and so apparently whatever whatever he suffered there at the beginning isn't quite so serious, and it's almost as if he's he's fully recovered, but they just kind of kind of use that to nudge Julian into getting back into Gunpla battle. I like that the doctor was the doctor from Gundam X. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. And so then, then we we have another humorous encounter moment. We're, we're cutting back to the inn where Isla is staying with China and Miss Rinko Lori, and of course, I guess Ina's or Isla's backstory. Ina Isla, uh, her backstory is of such a chick flick level that that. China and and uh, Rinko are both crying waterfalls. They're like, "Oh, you were homeless and you didn't have anywhere to go." And, oh, like and and at that point, like basically, I guess Miss Rinko Laurie is is on board with with Isla staying with their family. So she's like, "You must stay with us now until you you know find a new place to live and everything." And then she tries her little underhanded matchmaking. It's like she tries to be a matchmaker for people who are already going to end up together, sort of, which I don't know if that's quite a matchmaker, but, like, she's she's very much kind of pushing that. Basically, it's like, you, you're going to be like China and, and my boy, like, you because you, you can hang out with Reiji, you know. <laughs> you know who you should like? You should like Reiji. I, I, I do like Reiji. I know. Yeah. You should totally go out. I, like, I, I think it, going it's out. funny. They're, they're like, they're, they're like, I do like Reiji, but I'm going to feign embarrassment, even though I already know I like Reiji and we like spending time together. So I say, guess it's just... say, say his mom likes collecting homeless kids, I guess. <laughs> she's like uh, Ultimate Aunt May or whatever. Like she's going to have a halfway house for like all these like homeless gumpla fighters or nice. whatever. Nice. She's like, say that Neil Nielsen boy. He wouldn't happen to be homeless. <laughs> <laughs> he can come live with us. <laughs> Niels Nielsen is like played by Will Smith. Oh hell no! <laughs> I ain't living with that crazy lady. That's whack. <laughs> Mao, Mao's gotta be like homeless. What, what is it? Mao was like hitchhiking around or whatever, like in the early episodes. Like no, he, he barters. He like builds people gunplas and then they let him stay in the hotel rooms <laughs> and shit. Remember that's, that's, right. that's, that's yeah. how that works. I thought we like, also established like, I'm the only person who likes Mao. <laughs> No, no, I, I think Mel's awesome. He's like, I will gladly build you a gunpla ball for a Snickers bar <laughs> so I can eat for the day. Uh, he, he earned his way to live there by painting all of, like, fucking uh, size little fucking paint shells for the battle last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah fill these up. <laughs> Do it. Uh, oh, man. So I guess we we get into the I guess it's not a real match it's sort of like a friendly free match but this is again 
which which going back to uh, my distaste for the episode, I, I do like Mal, and Mal's been built up pretty well across the series. And yes, he did lose to to Sai and Reiji, which you know is a justifiable loss and everything. But he's a pretty excellent fighter in his own right. But to build up this new guy, Justin, it's like, what do they do? They they have a friendly match between the F ninety one Gundam Imagine and Mao's Gundam X Mao, and you don't even really get to see the match, like, you know, because the match starts in this little room, and then we see that Niels Nielsen has determined that he can get about as much data from Reiji's little gem as he can, and he's, he's, he's heading back to return it, but he walks past the door and looks in the room and and he can see that a match has just ended, and it's the match we were just setting up. And he and basically he opens up the door, and he finds Mao's suit destroyed in pieces, like all over the. You know, I I don't know. I was just like that. That's total like fucking doomsday fucking shenanigans. Where it's like, <laughs> I, I, I well, Mao's Mao's Omega beams do not work, you know. And then he gets fucking owned. And I was like, I, I don't know why. That just that rubbed me the wrong way, you know. Well, I'm about to say, you, you don't like that trope in comics either, where, like, new guy comes in and kills old guy in five seconds because new guy has to be better. <laughs> well, it's it's just like, he didn't earn that. He th- This kid hasn't been in the show the whole time, and now all of a sudden, like, everybody in this episode shits their pants over him because they have a bunch of fucking stats that they just pulled up out of their ass, and I'm kind of like, come on, like, this is bullshit. <laughs> It would have been like it, it, again. It would have been really cool if like they at least spent like five seconds with like you know, oh the second major, like not my second major, but uh fucking uh McKenzie, he like trained his grandson for like years and years. And they showed like you know how awesome he really was, and like you know, a little bit of backstory would have been cool. But no, it's just like I guilted you into doing this. Yeah, I'm really good. I know you're good. Go kill that guy. Okay. <laughs> well, he's kind of like. Yeah. I, well, I was. I, I guess like, you, you were probably about to go into it, but even like the next scene, I think I think it's the next scene where like uh, Majin Kawaguchi and Alan find out like about the change in opponent, and like all of a sudden it's like you know this dude was even better than Yuki was. Like he's the one yeah. who taught Yuki yeah. like to be yeah. like badass. And I, stuff. I I hate you know what it reminds me of, and you guys are all gonna laugh at me because nine hundred two and zero is one of my guilty pleasures, but it's like. <laughs> It's like it, there, there's there's the 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 old nine hundred two and and the new nine hundred two and and both the Dylan type characters like they they have like a hidden mentor that comes out of nowhere and in the old show Dylan's mentor was Grant Show who went on to headline Melrose Place and and then you know who Matt Lanter's mentor was he's the guy who plays uh, the the Anakin on Clone Wars and everything like he had a mentor and his mentor out of nowhere was Stephen Amell who went on to be Arrow you know what I mean so it's like it's like they always have like these badass mentors that come out of nowhere it's like dude we were old friends from way back and I'm like you're fucking sixteen what do you mean way back like when when you were fucking ten like fuck what the fuck are you talking about and it's like it's kind of like the same thing it's like he was my senpai I'm like you guys are fucking 16, 14 at best. What do you mean he was your fucking senpai? What the fuck are you talking about? But well, anyway. They do that kind of shit a lot like Daredevil. It's like, you know, originally, like, you know, it was like Matt got a lot of his, like, uh, fighting prowess from watching his dad, you know. It was like battling Jack Murdoch. 
And then at some point, Frank Miller was like, no, it was some old dude with a stick who trained him. I was like, okay. <laughs> you know? At least at least he that is. That was done well, though. That was done well, though. Yeah. No, no, no. But all, all I was going to say is at least Stick is an old dude. Like, part of what I'm telling you is, like, if Matt Murdock was, like, you know, 18 years old, and then they're just like, and he was trained by this dude, Iron Fist, who was, like, 22. And I'm just like, he's like, Iron Fist, you are my senpai. I'm like, what? You guys are, like, practically the same age. What What are you talking about? You know, like, it's crazy. Yeah, he was totally born in July. I was born in March. He's, like, three months older than <laughs> He's, like, three months older than me. He's my senpai. Tony, Tony, you're my senpai. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because I'm, like, I'm almost a year older than you. <laughs> Yeah. And 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 we're clearly like senpais to all the rest of the fan holes for for no discernible reason. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're all we're all old crotchety fucks who complain about comics and stuff. So, but, Mike, um, Mike, you have to fight for me. <laughs> <laughs> He's just gonna fake a heart attack. Or I'm gonna be the next time. Next time we have to do a show, I'm gonna be like, oh, I just had a heart attack. You guys are gonna have to do the podcast without me. It's too much work. I actually haven't had a cold all week. I've had lupus. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, so okay, so poor Mal gets 90s pwned to give this Julian guy some last-minute major cred, and he describes the F-91 model as a monster. And then, like Mike was saying, you know, Alan Adams and Majid Kawaguchi are also, like, shitting their pants when they hear the guy's name. There is a little nod to the original Mobile Suit Gundam because they are building a new suit for the Majin, and it's called the Amazing Exia, and they describe it as being only 80% complete, and Kawaguchi's like, that's fine, and that's actually, like, a nod to when they were building the Zeong, and they were basically like, you know, sure, the suit's only 80% complete, and he's like, that's fine. So, you know. 80% complete? Who told you that? In its current state, the Geon can fight at 100%, Captain. But it has no legs. Legs are just for show. The brass doesn't understand things like that. I will say the Amazing Exia is no, uh, camper amazing. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna say, like, good. Like, Yuki upgraded from one of Tony's favorite suits to one of my favorite suits. So it's an imp- improvement all around. Like, God damn it! <laughs> oh, well. So we, we end up cutting to Reiji and Sai, and they're assessing the damage that was done to the Gundam X Mao. It's, it's brutal ponage and everything. And we also learn from Alan Adams and Majin Kawaguchi that they both thought that this Julian guy, again, giving him massive cred out of nowhere, could have been the third Majin. So we kind of learn why the title of the episode is Majin versus Majin. But, I, you know, I don't know. It, 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 it's just a really hard sell for me, and I don't, I don't, I don't buy into it too much. You know, they, they basically say, how many, you, you fought him? You fought him back when you were in the Gunpla Academy? Like, how, how many times did you win? He's like, zero, zero, Alan Adams. It was zero out of seven matches. They're made of people, people. You know, I'm just like, come on. Like, you're really like, I don't know. To me, it was just like this, this big oversell. But I don't know. What, what, am I am I overreacting? Like, what did what did you guys think of the zero out of seven? 
Yeah, I guess I was kind of like I. I don't think I gave it that much thought, but I was kind of like, you know, like, oh man, okay, like you you don't have to like you know, okay, this guy's badass, like you don't you can pull back a little. Well, I mean, you know, it's again, it's like that out of nowhere thing. It'd been not as bad. Like it's kind of like being like you know like aha, you know. Gundam Idol Curara, you know, you you actually could have been the third nation if you like. You, know. <laughs> you just practice more and you didn't leave, and you know, it's just when you do that kind of stuff, all it does is like when they're building up this guy, it kind of makes Yuki seem kind of like a bitch now. Well, yeah, it's, it seems like the, the idea was to give him a challenging opponent, but then in doing so, you start to wonder like, is is Kawaguchi as awesome as you thought he was, or is the is Mao as awesome as you thought he was? And it's always unfortunate because when somebody sees that, then from from then on, it's like, what is Mao going to become the Krillin of this series? Do you know what I mean? Instead of being like the Piccolo, or you know, you know what I mean? Like it 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 sort of just creates a uh, like this this question of power levels that you you previously were kind of comfortable with and just throws a big monkey wrench into the whole works i'm okay with mal becoming krillin as long as he doesn't become yamcha i'll be okay (laughs) yeah at least krillin gets to fight yamcha just gets told to stay home and make pop tarts (laughs) (laughs) poor yamcha only thing more pathetic than a loser is a loser who thinks he's born to win what i thought was kind of weird was like it was a practice duel, right? So why did and like the, the Julian seems like a nice guy. Why did he? Yeah, like, why, why totally, did he like, obliterate? obliterate? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, whoa, dude! Like, holy crap! <laughs> like, you seem like you're a pretty cool guy. You too. Let's have a fun fight. Okay, I'm going to steal your wallet now, just to let you know. <laughs> it's like he's like, yeah, let's have a fun fight, and then Julian just reaches over and like takes the model and like, crushes it in his hand or something. Like, I win. Bye. That was that was fun. I'm the best fighter ever. Didn't you <laughs> see all the commentary in this episode about how I'm the best? I'm the best. I don't know Yuki's if you heard, like, but my grandpa's not dying. Dying. <laughs> Yuki's like, like we fought seven times, and like it all ended like every time it ended in a second because he just reach over and take my model and crush it in his hand. <laughs> like, It'd be great before the fight, fight even began. That's how it's- good he is. It'd be great if, like, Sai was there, and, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm, like, you know, the uh, uh, 7-0 with Yuki, and, like, Sai's like, yeah, I beat him, too, whatever. Whatever, yo. <laughs> Done that. <laughs> I was going to be the third mage, and I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I guess y- y- there is that bit of extra flashback that Tony alluded to where they revealed that Julian, the reason for him leaving the Academy was because he did not want the life of a Majin, basically. He didn't want to, you know, trample his friends, as he says, and make enemies. You know, he wanted to actually enjoy Gunpla and and not be in Gunpla only for victory, which seems to be the the theme of the second Majin. Like, it, it, it... I don't know. I, I don't know if you thought about this, Mike, but it, it seemed to me to be that maybe the relationship between Yuki and his father seemed to be a little, a little bit of Norman Harry Osborn type situation, you know? Yeah, something like that. You know, so, something along those lines. <laughs> I was in the foyer when your father came. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> 
So, so basically, the F ninety one Gundam Imagine versus the Gundam Amazing Exia is the Gunpla match that we're treated to. There is a bit of meta irony going on. I don't know, meta commentary, meta irony, a little of both, because. I guess this is something I plucked from the Gundam wiki. Uh, basically, it, it's saying, you know, Yuki states that the Gundam F-91 is just a gunpla that was only made three years ago. So it's odd because it's actually a reference to the suit he's piloting. Like, that line comes from a line from Gundam 00, where he's... They're talking about the Exia being a gunpla that was only made three years ago. But then the reason why it's kind of ironic is because he's piloting Exia, but it's also ironic because the gunpla, the HG model that the amazing Exia is based on, came out five years ago. So it's not as an articulated. HG model, and the F-91 HG model came out, like, four months before this episode aired, so basically, it's kind of like the difference between, I guess, you know, the, the Exia had Toy Biz five-point articulation, and the F-91, even though it's the older suit, has, like, Marvel Legends articulation or something, you know, like, it's, it's yeah, that it's much kind of, better. It kind of um, plays to, like, yeah, like you said, the meta thing, because, like, like me, I like, I, I sometimes buy older models on Amazon, and I put them together, because, you know, Gunpla is serious. Serious business. Serious fun. But, you know, but I, I see, like, the commercials on these shows, because they are trying to sell toys, well, models. And, you know, one of the things they always talk about is, like, you know, amazing universal joint system for maximum articulate, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely trying to sell the sell the models. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I find it interesting that it's it's all these kind of levels to it because it's like it's an older suit with better articulation, you know. So it's like, oh, you, you have, like, the version two of this suit. And the other suit is actually, it's the more modern suit, but it's, came out first, so it's got, like, the less better articulation scheme or whatever, and that's kind of... I, I, I wonder, like, with the Plasky particles, if you even have to have Gundam, can I just, like, come there, like, to, like, the, you know, Build Fighters Championship and have my Wolverine, like, you know, <laughs> Legend <laughs> figure? <laughs> just fight with that. It only works on Gundam, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I guess no, they don't make any other toys in the Gunpla in the Gundam Builder Fighters universe. Like yeah, why why would you yeah why would you want to yeah why would you want to do anything other than fight with Gunpla? You know that's crazy. The best toy in the world. Come on. <laughs> but I guess we should get to the fight. I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's a. I thought it was a pretty decent fight. It's it's kind of funny though. Like it, it seems like he. He gives his resignation as the Majin for, like, five seconds in the middle of the fight, and I, I thought it was a very symbolic resignation, but it, it just seemed kind of funny. It's like, okay, it's like, Alfred, I'm not going to be Batman for five minutes. I'm going to be Bruce Wayne. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, now I'm Batman again. You know, it's just like, wait, what? what like, why did you do that, you know? But. <laughs> well, well... Like, Kawaguchi is very weird like that. He, like, 
he has moments of just instant butt hurt where he's just like, oh, I can't do this anymore. No, I'm okay. <laughs> you know? No, no, I don't know that he was butt hurt. It just seemed to be like a symbolic thing where he's like, look, I'm not going to beat you as the Majin. I'm going to beat you as Yuki. But it's like, who exactly knew he was resigning other than Alan Adams himself and... <laughs> And this this new guy, you know, Julian, like, I mean, it, it's kind of like if, if I was like, OK, guys, I'm going to stop hosting fan holes for five seconds. <laughs> and this will prove what exactly? <laughs> like, like, and then we will prove that, like, I am not the host for five seconds. And now I'm the host again. OK, guys, let's talk. Well, you know, and it's just yeah. like, wait, what? Like, you know what? Yeah, the, well, the, okay. I, I was going to say, like, the ironic thing is is that, like, if he really went with that concept the whole way and he, like, took off his glasses and stuff, he would have lost that fight because he credits, like, the winning the fight at the end to, like, the Majin's, like, costume because mm. the F-91 tries to blind him because he, he's wearing ah. sunglasses. Like, he, do, he doesn't get blinded. He doesn't get so, blinded. Like, if he, if he was like, I'm going to beat him as, like, Yuki, like, Tatsuya, and, like, t- took off his glasses and his coat. And, like, it would be, like, you know, light in your eyes. Ah, damn it. Then, then he would have actually lost. Yeah. But, and, and the funny thing is, like, you know, I would have beat him as Yuki. is like, everybody knows you're Yuki. It's not like fucking Trey's from, like, Gundam <laughs> Wing, where it's like, oh, Trey's, Trey's Kusurada, his that was him all along with the helmet and stuff. We didn't know. You mean no, it was like, yeah, everybody's like, you're Yuki, okay, Kawaguchi, we know who you are. The glasses don't help, you know. Like as far as like his identity, you know, it's like he's not fooling anyone, you know. But oh well, you know, if, if they, like you said, like the 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 glasses did help, the costume did help. I guess, I, I guess it is kind of like Batman, you know. It's like, you know, I am Yuki, but you know, I'm really Major Kawaguchi, you know. That's my real persona or some shit, you know. Do you want to talk about the amazing Exia going Trans Am, Mike? Yeah, I thought that was pretty super cool and uh. Yeah, the Dexia is one of my personal favorite like suits, so I thought it was pretty cool that it, it's his like final suit in this series. So, and uh, obviously, like we've mentioned, how like the director of this show is like also directed Gundam Double O, so clearly he has some affection for those suits. And yeah, yeah. There was, yeah, there, there, a lot of like the scenes of him in Trans Am like looked directly lifted from like the first episode like Exia goes Trans Am and Double O. So like I, I thought that was a nice like homage and stuff. You're like of if course, only if only Julian had seen Gundam Double O, then he could have planned for all the <laughs> counter moves or whatever. Yeah. He could have been like Isla, you know, and 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 foreseen where where it was all going to go. I would, I would, yeah, I, I would say that they, they picked like this matchup, like the F ninety one versus the Exia, so they could kind of do like a after image versus after image battle or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. F ninety one and the Exia. Now, now I know, I know. In in earlier episodes, you were questioning how they got paint into their their bullets. Like, I, I sort of did the same double take when they suggested that the after image was generated from the paint job moving too fast. Like, I thought that was kind of like, all right, all right, that's, that's pretty rich, guys. Like, it's like, it's like, you, it's like, if you just, like, move your figure arts Goku fast enough, the paint will leave an after image. I'm like, no, it won't. It's like, nice try, John Byrne. Like, <laughs> 
I, I mean, I, I will give him credit at least for this, though. At least the XDA does have Trans Am. It wasn't like the uh, gun sniper, you know, with the fucking exam unit, which never happened. You know, at least at least XDA has that, you know, so it's like not as quite a stretch, you know. It's not like, you know, my gun tank has like, you know, fucking fin funnels because shit, why not? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, like the, the, the exam system is supposed to be like a GM thing, but it wasn't that. GM basically like you know like, see that's the thing like we were when we were talking about in that episode I was like so can only double O suit like Gumpla be given Trans Am like couldn't you give Trans Am to like a ball like I'm I'm unclear on the rules of like you know well that, that's why that's why I said I really do want the the rules of acquisition you know written for for Gunpla <laughs> Battle because I want I want all ninety six rules or whatever it is because I'm I'm always kind of what are the rules? <laughs> yeah, okay. no, I thought it was pretty badass. You know, like he he, he says, like you know, he, I love the yeah, turn bright red Exia, and then his like theme song starts up and stuff. Like I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, but but I guess like it's it's no surprise to anybody listening how uh, Gundam plays out. We know who's gonna win though. You know. Yeah, the major totally totally wins. Even though this guy's a last-minute '90s so-and-so come up in sky or whatever, and then what's interesting though is is you know Mackenzie, the the old man who the old grandpa who who tricked his boy into thinking he was on his deathbed, is also watching from the stands and he's like crying because he's like my grandson will play gunpla again. And they, they should have had a scene where Julian's like, "You're okay, you fuck." They lie to me, <laughs> you know, but they don't have that. Too. Thanks just, for emotionally crippling me, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, thanks for making me do. It's like, can you take the garbage out? I think I'm gonna die. It's like you gotta use it on something better than that, you know. I just think it would be like, you know, if like when I was like 10 years old, well, no, not 10. Uh, let's say 15. I'm playing like, you know, like Mega Man X on my Super Nintendo and stuff, and like, you know, my parents are like, wow, he's really good at Mega Man X. And then, like, you know, I'm 38 now. It's like when I was playing, like, Mega Man X in my house now. My mom, like, you know, comes over and she's like, You're playing Mega Man X again? Oh, my God! Yes! <laughs> well, your mom would have had to have been into Mega Man X, too, to have yeah. that reaction, right? Who said she wasn't? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course she was. I know that because you and I, you were my senpai, even back when you were 15, and I was... You know, 14 or <laughs> Told you about the epic battle she had with Vile and Dr. Doppler. <laughs> cool, cool, very cool. So so then we, we go to the traditional after credits scene, and it's not too exciting, which again leads me to kind of emphasize that this is probably one of my least favorite episodes of, of this series so far. But uh, the after credits is Niels Nielsen, confirming that basically the deduction he had at the very beginning of the episode was accurate, so it's not like there's much character growth or anything. He's like, you know, that gem that Richie wears is a plasky particle crystal. It's kind of like what we all already knew, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. It's like, as I suspected from the four, it's like, like, oh, my detective work, and (laughs) something the audience figured out like ten episodes ago. (laughs) I've come to the conclusion that they're all right. 
I think one of the problems you probably have with this, Derek, I could be wrong. I mean, if I am, you know, feel free to let me know. But, like, this deep into the series, we're on, like, episode 22. We've got, you know, you know, spoiler, we've got, like, two episodes left after this. Uh, three episodes. And the thing about it is, is, like, we already know Majin Kawaguchi is a good Gundam fighter. You know, gun, good Gunpla battler. And this seemed a lot like filler. It was just like, well, we don't want yeah. to have well yet, so let's just do this, you know. Yeah, it did it did feel like like I mean I know there's not a official manga to this or anything, so the the appli- you know, the application of the term filler isn't entirely accurate, but I mean it does it does feel that way, like in the sense that it's like it's like a supernatural episode where it's like funny or a supernatural episode where it's like not quite dealing with the the main mythology, you know, it's a side-off episode where they, they fight some other wacky thing, like a killer clown or something, you know, and it's like, it feels like that this episode to me felt like one of those things where it's like, well, we have to give the Majin a reasonable challenge, but then we can't have any of these other characters we've introduced be that challenge, because we know they're not a challenge for him, so we just made up this other guy and sort of plucked him out of thin air, you know. Yeah, yeah, it just, like, you know, it wasn't, I mean, I don't know if I hate it as much as, well, you didn't hate it, but you just didn't think it was good. I just, I just don't, yeah, I didn't care for this episode yeah. very much. I think, yeah, I was trying to, like, nail down, like, exactly what the point of this episode was, and I guess it was to, like, sort of uncloud, like, Yuki's motivations a little more. Okay, okay, but, but shed, like, shed light on them, maybe. Yeah. Because he does... He, he does sort of emphasize. I mean, they, they kind of. I feel like, like in in the subsequent episode, they they make that much more clear. Yeah, but like, but in like this episode, very it's still short time. Yeah, yeah. Too, yeah. So. so I don't know. Well, yeah, but I, I see what you're saying. You know? We all we all know the real reason for this episode to advertise the amazing Exia available at all <laughs> hobby shops near you. <laughs> <laughs> so so go buy it kids so what, why are you still listening to this podcast you should be out there buying it I mean, it's got speak. amazing in its name so you know it's gotta be good it's, it's gotta <laughs> be good warning model does not turn bright red um, you, know. <laughs> you gotta buy another model that's already colored red and then do like a jump cut whenever you want it to go like trans am or something speaking, speaking of the rules you're like how does that work how does that go? I don't get it. What does he do? He swaps out his model. Gunpla battle. Yes. Gunpla battle. Gunpla battle. Yeah, well, I, I, will say, battle. Like, I will say after this, like, shit does start to get, you know, much more hyperkinetic and, you know, more, like, definitely more into the actual plot. I think that was the biggest problem with this one is, like, we we know Sai and Major Kawaguchi are probably going to be the last two. I mean, come on. Duh. But... This one, it it really did seem like a stalling effort just to be like, not yet. You know? Yeah, 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 it did feel and, that way. Like right before the episode ended, like uh, Reiji had to play the, uh, what I call the, the Jimmy role, where he's like, Sai, what's Trans Am? And like, Sai's like, well, <laughs> Jimmy, you know, like Trans Am is, you know, but. So Which so we're I, I all up to exactly. date on Trans Am. Trans, to me, Trans Am, I always viewed it as the KO Ken attack of, of Gundam. Yeah. You know, because yeah. it basically it, it powers you up exponentially, but then it leaves you much more weaker after a, a short period of yeah. time, which well, is basically it's, what, it's, what it's Kaya Ken does. 
Yeah, and it's obviously like an homage to like Char Aznable, where you turn red and you become three times as powerful. So. Yeah, yeah. Red, red Gundams are always the best. Uh, <laughs> we've we've learned that if you if you're a red Gundam, you're you're, you're gonna win. Or red uh, uh, Zaku. <laughs> you're, you're at least an ace. You've you've shot at least uh, you know, at least forty forty. Gundams down. Yeah, so so like I mean, as far as like build fighters goes, is this a bad episode? No, it's not bad. I mean, there's still a good fight, and there there's there's definitely moments that were you know you enjoy stuff. But I will agree with Derek that it's not the best episode. But I don't think I disliked it as much as you did. I I, I took it for what it was. You know that kind no, of. No, that, that's fair. What yeah, about you, Mike? I, I enjoyed the fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, was this just cool because of Trans Am? Was that like your, like, you know, like, fuck it, that's cool, I don't care? <laughs> yeah, well, like, basically they sold me, like, a new toy or whatever this episode, so I was like, okay, like, maybe one of these days I'll pick up a Amazing Exia or whatever, but other than that. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Hey, selling toys is, like, you know, like I said, like, 80% of this show's, like, you know, goal. It just happens to be a good show, too, so that's, there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Cool. All right, well, I, I guess that wraps things up on episode 22, Majin versus Majin of Gundam Build Fighters. We hope you've enjoyed listening to us muse on the Gundam Build Fighters series. You can send us any comments, questions, concerns, angry emails. If you think this was the, the best Build Fighters episode ever and I'm a stupid moron, you can send us some emails at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We are on our regular blog spot, the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can stream us over on Stitcher Radio if you want to do that. Their app is pretty cool for streaming podcasts and everything. I recommend it. And we are also on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. So we appreciate all the likes, feedback, comments that we receive. So thanks a lot for listening. And until the next time... This is Derek, Derek WC. Tony is my senpai, signing out. Hey, it's Mike, uh, Thunderwing. Uh, this is Tony, and I'm dying. No psych, go get me a sandwich. <laughs> I will get you a sandwich right away, senpai. <laughs> Austin Powers slash Borat voice to do by everybody is Bane. Everybody does fucking Bane.
I was raised in darkness. Oh, behave. <laughs> <laughs>